0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel.
1: And welcome Hoosier fans to another disappointing episode of the Assembly Cause. Today your Indiana Hoosiers lost to Rutgers by the score of 66 to 57. Record falls to 11-5 overall and 3-2 and in the Big Ten. I'm your host, Brian Tonsoni, uh, here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we'll break it down for you uh, on this edition of the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show, uh, a game that uh, Indiana had a seven-point lead in the first half despite both teams having some struggles Uh executing on the offensive end Uh, maybe they were good on the defensive end but it was a a tough start for both teams but Indiana found enough scoring to get up by seven uh, but they weren't able to hold on to that lead and then Rutgers was able to chip away chip away chip away and then unfortunately uh, a banked in uh, last second shot uh, for a three-pointer gave Rutgers a three-point lead uh, which Indiana really never could overcome coming out of halftime Rutgers was able to extend that lead Uh, And Indiana uh, just continued to struggle tonight uh, uh, with turnovers and and shot making and got down uh, double digits. They made a a brief run, maybe at the four to three minute mark by hitting a couple shots. Got it down to six, uh, but simply did not have enough uh, in order to pull out the road victory at Jersey Mike's uh, Arena. And so we're back to uh, another loss on the road, which winning in the Big Ten is tough. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that is with our banner moment. And I'm not like this. Without getting too negative, uh, we're going to get negative. But, uh, you know, trying to find some positives. Uh, For me, I believe the the banner moment is that C.J. Gunn got more minutes. I I don't know how efficient they were. Uh, I know he missed some threes. He hit two threes. I did think that uh, despite the score and the body language of your Indiana Hoosiers, uh, I thought he was in a stance, Uh, maybe some silly fouls. Yes. But for me, uh, I've been a big CJ gun fan. I think he's the athlete, the size, the potential shooter that Indiana needs if they're going to win some games down the stretch. And he's just struggled uh, to find some consistency. Well, now he's gotten close to 20 minutes, two games in a row. So if you're looking for something tonight to, to, to hang your hat on, maybe it's that his continued development will be there uh, back in Assembly Hall where Indiana does play better on Friday night against Minnesota, a team that they should beat, and then we could all feel uh, a little bit better going into the Purdue game. So maybe C.J. Gunn is finding um, you know, his path to consistent play uh, as far as playing time and attitude and all the things that go into that. Now it's just got to be uh, better execution. So, uh, our banner moment uh, today is always sponsored by Homefield Apparel. Home Field Apparel
2: well for the team.
1: As always, uh, Homefield Apparel is our sponsor uh, for the show, now in the seventh season uh, sponsoring the assembly call, and her third as a presenting sponsor for the Back Home Network. Homefield has a large collection of vintage IU apparel. You won't find that anywhere. And since IU is their flagship school, you know that high quality gear with unique IU logos from the past is always right around the corner. But it's not just IU. Home Field product line extends to well over 150 colleges and universities, Colts, core collection, and much, much more. Uh, I, I put a little pause. I got one delivery yet to come from Christmas money. Uh, I got a USC sweatshirt, Ryan, just for you. To put a smile on that face, I will be
3: uh, wearing a. How are they the, playing uh, right now? The, might, might switch over. I, I don't have
1: that game on. I might uh, get to it. But a USC home field sweatshirt is on the way to this dude. Um, so we're pretty happy uh, about that. Uh, so no matter what you buy, know that it will be comfortable. Colors will last. You're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through uh, Kelly and isn't shy about showing its love for... The Hoosiers. So go to homefieldapparel.com and use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. Okay, Uh, now it's time to move the ball, find an open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Andy, your bottom's line on a 66-57 loss to Rutgers.
4: Uh, I mean, you pull up the things that IU has done poorly over the course of games this season where they struggled and you had the greatest hits tonight. Turned the ball over a ton. Uh, We're incredibly sloppy with the ball. Most of the turnovers felt unforced. I think ended with 18 or 19. Uh, 18 was the final total. Shot free throws poorly, four out of 15 from the line. Gave up 19 offensive rebounds. Uh, and you know, this team just keeps coming out and making the same mistakes more often than not. That's pretty frustrating. I think that's a, a a lack of focus from a team perspective and, uh, and shows that in some ways the coaching staff really not getting through, uh, whatever the messaging is, is from their end. And, uh, you know, some of that starts with leadership, uh, and some of that starts with guard play and you had your six year senior guard get thrown out of the game for hitting a guy below the belt. And it's going to be really hard for a team with limited guard depth to survive when that's the kind of leadership that they're getting. That leadership uh, turned the ball over a number of times, including basically leading to that uh, three pointer uh, right before the half that gave Rutgers a lead they would never look back at. And if that's what you're going to get out of Xavier Johnson, you know, we talked about that over these last three games have been kind of the roller coaster. And the roller coaster has been Xavier Johnson, even over his time at IU. Uh, we saw that initially, struggling in the Nebraska game. After the Ohio State game, you kind of write that off to he's just getting, you know, just getting back. Maybe he was more rusty than we thought. He was an absolute difference maker in that game. And he was a difference maker in tonight's game, but not in a positive way. Uh, and really, his play was a microcosm for how the team played. Uh, this was an imminently winnable game that this team could not get out of its own way to be able to score. Had one stretch of nine straight possessions where they didn't score in the first half, but one up that with a stretch of 10 straight possessions where they couldn't score in the second half. Uh, against the Rutgers team who's not really as, as strong defensively as they've been in recent years and a Rutgers team who really uh, came in, had every reason to feel sorry for itself with no Big Ten wins. Um, you know, the environment wasn't quite what it normally would be with you know the snow and things like that. And, and the IU team really short of that good start where they went on that 14 to two run. After that, uh, pretty much the rest of the game was a was a huge struggle and, uh, and played really poorly. And uh, just another really frustrating performance. Uh,
1: Jared coming to you uh, fresh off your, uh, game watch, uh, with Galen, would you like to report, uh, on how that went first or do you want to talk about the, the game
0: and your Did you guys console? switch over and watch a different game Rutgers partway loss. through
4: that probably would have been a good move.
0: <laughs> yeah, we should have. No, I'm not going to go long. I know a lot of people want to hear what Ryan has to say after, after a performance like that, it's just extremely dispiriting. Um, and I think the biggest question coming out of this game is what happens with Xavier Johnson. You cannot have your senior leader making a play like that in a pivotal game. Um, We've seen him back for three games. He's been very bad in two of them on the road, very good in one at home. And, you know, this team needs him. Um, But what we saw tonight doesn't really bode well for the future. So I know we're not at lingering questions, but that's the biggest lingering question coming out of this um, because this team really looked rudderless at times tonight. And, you know, this was a winnable game, but couldn't shoot. Uh, and it wasn't just missing shots. You go 4-15 from the free throw line, there's something mentally off happening when you stepped on the court. Um, So there's just a lot of red flags in this performance. And I know it's only nine, you know, and you can say, like, hey, you know, they only lost by nine. It was a close game there for a while. But it sure didn't feel that way. Um, And so... Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about this team right now. A lot of the worries that we had when they were playing poorly early in the season and winning have, you know, we've really seen them uh, just be highlighted uh, against Nebraska and Rutgers. So got to turn it away soon or turn it around soon. Um, but there aren't any signs that that's happening.
1: And Ryan, what is your rant this evening?
3: I'm going to focus on one player and that's Xavier Johnson. Um, I, you guys have teased it. Uh, He played 23 minutes, had two points, made one field goal, missed two three-pointers, had two assists and five turnovers. He was playing very poorly. Um, And then he did something that was inexcusable. And he hit a player below the belt, clearly intentionally. And if someone from Wisconsin did that to one of our players, we'd be treating it like a war crime. Uh, Xavier Johnson needs to get that shit out of this program. That doesn't belong here. You're representing Indiana University. You're representing the tradition of the program. You don't do that shit. I'm sorry. I don't swear on this and I don't call out players, but I'm pissed because it'd be one thing if you got shoved and you were in a fight with somebody or whatever, it was completely unintentional. It looked like a guy. I'm sorry. It looked like a guy who was checking out of the game and wanted to get out of the game. That's what it looked like to me. And if you don't want to be there, don't be there. You know, if that's the kind of stuff you're going to pull, don't be there. Why? Give someone else a chance. I'd rather develop Gabe Cups than watch you do that to to another player. I think he should be suspended. I think it was completely uncalled for, and I think he should be suspended for it. Because if if that happened to one of our players, we would be on here freaking out about it. And so we got to hold that standard. It's not right. It was a cheap shot, and he deserved to get ejected. I was in, initially saying like, oh, what did he do? He got shoved. Like, what? Why are they? Then I saw the replay. He absolutely deserved to get knocked to the floor for what he did, and he absolutely deserved to get ejected. And if that's the way somebody who is gifted the privilege of being a captain at Indiana University's basketball program acts like that, you deserve whatever you get. And so, I, you know, I'm I'm furious about that. And when you have a guy who you have picked to lead your program and you trust to a certain level and they act like that, I'd be fine with them stripping his captaincy. Because that is they needed him tonight, and he took the easy way out by cheap shotting a guy. So that's where I'm at with it. Um, We don't have to talk about Xavier anymore, uh, but I had to say that because that does not belong in this program. We're supposed to be better than that. And we hold ourselves to a higher standard than other schools do for reasons exactly like that. So, uh, you know, right now, maybe I'll calm down for the Thursday show, but I don't care if, I don't care if he gets suspended or, or gets sat indefinitely or whatever. That was uncalled for.
1: You know, uh, This was a winnable game, fellas. Um, You know, Rutgers was not playing well, and it was the team that was going to put together uh, a run at the right time or just make enough plays at the right time. And Indiana didn't seem like they were involved in the game enough to make that run. They got a little bit of that at the end with a little sense of urgency at about the four-minute mark, but I think it was way, way too late. So the term for me is – playing with a sense of uh, urgency. And the question has to be asked, um, how connected is this team? How connected is the locker room? How connected is the coaching staff and the team? Yes, Indiana won against Ohio State. But this play was not just a loss on the road to me. It it was a lot more. And, Jared, you said it about the 4-for-15 from the free throws Indiana shot almost 40%, I think, uh, from three and airballed four, three. So add that to the um, just not ready to, to shoot the basketball. So there, there, is, there is some disconnect. And, and that doesn't mean Indiana is going to lose every game going forward. That means that there just needs to be uh, a lot of soul searching from everyone in the program to figure out that you are playing for Indiana. And you do represent the university, and you do represent not only with your actions, as Ryan said, but you represent it with the way you play. Losing games on the road is not bad. Playing at Rutgers is a very, very tough environment. But tonight's game, it was just people who did not seem um, interested. Andy, your thoughts on the it's, offensive uh, It's struggles? a privilege.
3: It's a privilege to play for Indiana. People need to start. They need to start acting like it. And take exactly. every opportunity they get to show themselves. And that's not just Xavier. That's everybody. And some of the younger guys, you can excuse it because they don't kind of know yet. But the older guys, there's no excuse for playing the way they played tonight. None. You only have a handful of opportunities left, and that's what you're going to be remembered for. Take some pride in it. Like, it's just – uh oh, sorry. The, Andy, yeah, you wrote this down.
1: We didn't know who was hosting, and you wrote some some storylines down. So I want to go back to you. Uh, you put this in the in the run sheet, Uh And you can combine the turnovers and offensive struggles, the stretch of play, as you mentioned in your opening statement. What do you think uh, accounts for that? Was it mental? Uh, Was it trying? At times, I think this team may try too hard to make plays Um, in in the lane. I've talked about uh, your term, the reckless drives into two or three people. Uh, But in your opinion, from the basketball point of view, was it uh, the mental approach that just led to poor execution or was there something physical? Uh, wh- what did you see tonight?
4: I think it's probably a little bit of both. I, you know, I think some of it uh, you look at the beginning of the game, they get a nice basket from Malik renew to, to start the game off, run a, run a play to get Mackenzie and Baco a three. He misses it. And then they turn the ball over four times in a row. Um, it, some of it is guys trying to do too much in the open floor I had a number of guys just seem like they dribbled it off their foot uh, in different scenarios and just just loose with the ball uh, or trying to make too difficult the passes. And then you get into some of the ones with the big guys in particular, really trying to go through multiple guys. It was a play in the second half, I think, coming out of a timeout um, where Renew is just – I mean, he's triple teamed. Like, you just got to pass the ball out. Um, But I think there's times when guys aren't making simple passes to to guys. You know, we texted about one with Xavier – You know, you rotate the ball one more time and Baco's wide open for a three X passes up that pass, drives into the lane, turns the ball over. It it just. And I think that speaks a little bit to, you know, what what you said about the team just kind of being disconnected. Uh, It it just there's just no joy uh, at this point. I mean, you you count on one hand the number of times guys really seem legitimately excited in the game. I think the the only one that really comes to mind, Renew threw up that runner kind of going across the lane and gets fouled and. You know, he's smiling or whatever, but there's so few times that anybody is really seems intense or enjoying anything uh, about the game. And and I think the other thing that led to some of the offensive struggles, I tried to write some of these down, um, is the substitution patterns. You know, this team was off to a pretty good start, had gotten up, gone on a 14-2 run, are up 16-9. to uh, You're up seven at that point. And at some point after you're up seven, it was four subs and Khalil Ware with nine minutes and 40 seconds left. IU proceeded to to score uh, maybe two or four points over the next six minutes. Uh, at some point, you know, minute 40 went off the clock. At eight minutes, they they basically – then X was in with four subs. They played without Ware or Renew uh, for almost three minutes as the lead continued to get chipped away. And IU didn't score a point from – basically over a six minute stretch from nine minutes and 14 seconds to three minutes and 15 seconds. Some of it is the mentality at the beginning. And I think there's there's some, some carelessness that is there. And some of it is when you see that coming, playing lineups, like what they're doing just exaggerates the flaws of the team. It is not putting guys in a position to be successful. It has not worked over the course of the season. And that is where from a coaching staff, you get frustrated. Like, You got to learn. You're expecting players to learn and adjust to what they're doing. And you're getting pissed and you want to go yank guys out of the game. That's fine for for making mistakes and and put guys on the bench like that's fine. But you as a coaching staff have to be able to do some of the same things or recognize some of the same errors that you're making game in and game out. It just compounds on itself. And then you get guys who are trying to do too much because it's in a lineup where you're looking around and like, who in the hell is going to score? It, it, it just especially against a team like Rutgers, who is going to pack it in and try to be pretty solid defensively, you know, playing in those, in those situations, you know, where is the only starter? He really struggled with the physicality once again in this game. And then Xavier Johnson is the only starter with with bench guys. He struggled immensely in the game. You're putting more pressure on him who had already not played well uh, to do that. And it just feels like for as disconnected as the players are, it does not feel. Like the coaching staff has a great, great handle on the pulse of of this team. Uh, I think that it felt that way earlier in the season. I came on here after one of the games and said, seems to be pushing all the right buttons and things like that. I think that was after the Michigan game. As it turns out, winning at Michigan, maybe not as impressive as we thought that it was at the time. But it just does not seem like they have a really good handle on what buttons to push with this team and what works and doesn't work. And I think the players follow that lead and have also have very little idea of what works and doesn't work. And it's just meandering, wandering through the game, trying to figure out how to make their way through. Ryan, you had something.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I'll just say it. This, I said this on Twitter too. It's, this doesn't look like a well-coached team. And I'm not saying Woodson can't coach or any of that or getting into that debate, but this team makes the same mistakes over and over and over. How many times are guys going to dribble into a crowd, have it go off their leg and go out of bounds before they realize, hey, maybe I shouldn't do that. I mean, Trey Galloway, your senior leader, supposedly, uh, drives from the left side tonight, drives into the paint, has his defender moving backward, can jump up and probably take a layup and get fouled. And what does he decide to do? Throw a no-look pass, bounce pass through a crowd to a seven-footer, standing like four four feet away. And it's a turnover, goes the other way. Like, how are you as a senior making that play? And how are these guys on the road – dribbling wildly anthony walker tried to take the ball up the game was pretty much over at that point, but he tries to take the ball up stops doesn't know what he's doing realizes he's about to travel and just throws it into a, a defender's back like things like that don't happen at good programs Like they just don't and it's one thing if it happens in one game you have one b- bad thing everyone's off this is the kind of sh- stuff that happens all season i, I save myself
4: we already got the all- e well yeah, you know what'm go, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm just trying to, Ryan, trying working,
4: to working blue tonight' it's yeah, just look,
3: I'm, I'm I'm not happy can you tell um, but they just make the same mistakes over and over and over again it's not being coached out of them and and at some point it has to be like I mean you, you Mike Woodson sees the same game we're seeing I don't know what his perspective on it is or not but they're just not making the adjustments. Rutgers is a bad team, everybody. That's a bad basketball team, and Indiana looked outmatched for most of that game. And I know it's on the road and all of that, but I mean, they just they look completely unprepared for the game and look completely unprepared to adjust to what was going on in the midst of the game. Some of that's on-court leadership. It is, and if that was absent tonight. But they have to be prepared for the game, and they didn't look it at all. or prepared to handle about, adversity or anything.
0: I will say this about Rutgers. They're not a very good team. Their record suggests that. But they are a good program. Yeah, they're a good program. And players that play hard together. And that's why they keep winning games like this. You know, they win because of mental and physical toughness. And that's why they just keep punking us up there. You know, and I will say, I mean, obviously this is going to be a very negative show. I think when you look at some of the performances from the young guys, you'll take it. If you told me Khalil Ware was going to get 13 points, 17 boards, and three blocks against Rutgers and Omaruyi, I'll take that. You know, Mackenzie Mbako is a freshman, his first time out at Rutgers. I know he made some boneheaded plays, especially the one late where he gets the intentional foul. You're you playing a freshman that. on the road, that's going to happen. But 13 points, five rebounds. Malik Renu, not a vintage effort, but 13 points, six boards, seven assists. From your freshmen and sophomores on the road in a tough environment, those three gave you enough to win. Then you've got Xavier Johnson with two points, Trey Galloway with eight points, your other guy who's supposed to give you leadership, Anthony Walker, nothing and no turnovers. I mean, coach, you win games like this with your experienced guys, your upperclassmen. That's so what road and games are Indiana for. And Indiana had none of that tonight, none of it. And you're just not gonna win games like this when when you don't get that, when you get those kinds of performances from the guys that the young guys are looking to, but they look to and then nothing happens. I've gone off on Xavier tonight. like here. I,
3: we all like Trey Galloway on this podcast. We all like Trey, the, the person and the kid and what he represents the university and all that. But he's also wildly unreliable on the court. A- and we know that. And so you have placed the program in the hands of two people, two players who are wildly unreliable to be your North star and your leadership. It's not trace Jackson Davis where, you know, that guy is going to perform every single night. Now, People have off games, but I mean, it seems like you don't know what you're getting from either of your senior guards every game and you didn't prioritize going out really and getting another veteran guard in the transfer portal. You didn't and you didn't spend the money to do it either. And like that's the, the, the team is going to go as far as the leadership will take them. And that's a scary prospect right now for this team and its future because there's i don't know you know what the vocal leadership is like or whatever but on the court the 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 lead by doing is not good and you're right Jared the yeah. young guys you get 39 points out of those three players on the road you expect to at least be in the ball game and while it finished at 9 points i'm sorry indiana had no chance in that game felt like they had no chance in the second half
1: i i I'm going to defend Trey a little bit. I think you guys are all accurate. He is not consistent this year and has had struggled an awful lot on the basketball floor. I think that is a mental uh, thing of he has the weight of this team and this leadership. I agree. And it's, a, it's affecting his X and O play. Um, I completely agree. Because his mind is – in the locker room, in the huddles, and I think someone, I'm sorry, I won't—I can't attribute to who it was in the chat, but I, I think, uh, and I know this is going to sound weird coming from not pop your collar guy, but you got to have appropriate fun playing the game of basketball, and it looks like the life of Trey that we came to love and appreciate, and it's still in there somewhere, has just really been dulled or, or brought down, and that's why his shot is off. That's why some of the decision he, he's getting driven defensively. That's just someone who mentally has so much going on that he can't just really focus in on what his job is. And, and I, I've said it multiple times, Trey, just do your job. Don't try to do the job of eight people, but Trey Galloway cares. Like Trey oh, Galloway yes. is Indiana <laughs> basketball and he cares <laughs> and he's not producing because he's over, over caring. If that is even such a word, because Everyone else is not leading, and everyone else is not doing those things, and and it just seems like Trey has the weight of the world on him, and therefore his body and his mind is not in the right place basketball-wise. How do you fix that? Well, Well, you bring some of these other guys up and do a better job. You don't get kicked out of a game by hitting someone in the junk. You don't do that. Uh, And you, you approach practice and coaching better in the locker room, and you take coaching. And you collectively get together and give the senior leadership a little bit. You know, we saw it with Sheehy in that year, too. That's a hard deal when you try to lead and people don't follow. Um, I I think we've talked a lot about Woodson, and I'm 100% agreeing with you on Woodson. But I also think this collection of players right now is not coachable or is not um, unselfish enough to play team basketball and that's weighing on Trey because I think Trey is what Indiana basketball is all about and I'm afraid it'll start wearing on cups. Uh, it'll start you know I think Anthony Walker has taken a little bit of hit who's a, an emotional energy guy. Um, wh- if things aren't going well, whoever is responsible for it inside outside of the, the, the lines boy, then it shows up inside the lines. And especially on the road where you're not comfortable and the crowd's not giving you that extra boost where you can kind of forget about some of that. – there is something going on right now that is causing this team not to perform as well as they need to perform on the road and really in some home games as well. But they just can overcome it in home games because of the atmosphere. Uh, thoughts?
3: Yeah. You know, one thing on on Galloway, like if in fairness to him – if you need him to average 13, 5, and 5 and shoot 38% from three for this team to be good, the team is not well constructed. Like, I mean, you know, that's not the player he is. He's supposed to be your energy guy. That's to come true, in, also. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he's not this offensive dynamo who's going to do things for you, but he has to be at times in this team. I mean, look what he did against Kansas because he had to do that. And there, he's not capable of doing that every game. Um, and so I, I don't, I'm not mad at Trey. I'm just saying. The the, yeah. the decision was to put the team in the hands of two guys who are inconsistent, and when they haven't shown up collectively, the team has lost.
0: I mean that's so. Yeah, no, it's a good distinction. I'm mad at X.
1: Oh, I'm yeah, not mad too. at Trey. <laughs> I don't know if you can I'm, tell. I, right, I, I exactly. So, I'm, I'm, di- disappointed I'm, di- I'm disappointed in Trey's, in Trey's performance.
0: performance. You would you would like to have more, but I think the thing when you reflect back on the off season, you know, so we bring X and Trey back. And, you know, we talk ourselves in, me especially, to how could this work? Well, if Trey keeps shooting like this, if he takes the next step, if X is the guy that he was at the end of his first year at Indiana, hey, now we've got 10 years of experience in the backcourt, and maybe this will all work out. The problem is we know, you know, we had a lot of experience with these guys being inconsistent, and we were hoping they would become something that they haven't shown themselves to be. And that's the problem. And, you know, I think with – it, it's it, to your point, Coach. It's a failure of roster construction, really, to put this much of an offensive burden on Trey. He should yes. be a guy coming in off the bench to kind of do some of those things, kind of playing like the CJ Gun role for this year, or that's a starter and Trey fifth playing. option kind of thing. Yes, you know, like or the yes. three, but no, play the three, not yep. a ball
1: handler, or two guard. You need a two guard who can just knock down shots, and that's just not Trey's game.
4: Um, but anyway, yeah. well, well, and I think what I think what you run into in that scenario is is you're just you know in game tonight Trey is having to basically flip the switch and say all right well now X just got thrown out of the game I, now I have to go back to doing what I was doing before while he was out but at the same time then Woodson doesn't put cups in with him who at least Galloway was kind of used to playing with and I get why I think CJ gun needs to get some rhythm and needs to play but what you're seeing is there's just no clear. We talked about this another show. You know, there's no real clearly defined roles at the guard spot. So I was kind of surprised that Leal didn't come in till till he did. That he seems like a guy when things are really they're really erratic with the ball that you bring in, but then you didn't bring him in. You know, you've had Gun who barely played. You know, didn't play at all in the second half of the one game. Now he's playing a ton and is one of the first. You know, one of the first people off the bench, and he got a lot of run tonight, which I think is good in the long term, but game to game. These guys are not really being asked to do the same thing, and tonight is different. I understand you got a whole bunch of minutes that you then need to fill once X gets kicked out. But even from game to game, if you look at all right, what what have you been asking Leal to do? You know, what have you been asking Cups to do? His minutes are going to get you know cut back dramatically with X back. But it just seems like it seems like in game, it's just well, let's just try this and see if it works. Let's just try this and see if it works. Let's try this and see if it works because this guy did something before. It just really you know I think it becomes difficult on some of these guys particularly the younger guys who are the subs and and, and even in Leo a guy who hasn't played very much you have no idea game to game what you're going to be asked to do and how much you're going to play um and for as much as Woodson it seems like in the post game has had you know a lot of comments with people asking things about subbing and you can't play guys 40 minutes I would also say he's a guy who will let some guys play the entirety of the second half, no matter how tired it looks like they're getting. So like you can't have it both ways and, and kind of run guys into the ground in certain situations and not in others. It, it just feels like throwing darts in game to try to figure out something that'll work. And if he finds something that works, then he's going to ride it out to the end of the game. And if he doesn't, he's just going to try something else. And I think that puts some of the non marquee players in a really tough spot. I, I you know, it, it, maybe that's excuse making for the players and i'm putting too much blame on the coaches um but you don't have a performance like this with both not doing (laughs) not 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 playing or coaching well um
0: andy tom Izzo told us can't talk about players can't talk about players
4: uh, well yeah well i'd encourage tom Izzo not to look at the analytics from this game either (laughs) because apparently analytics are stupid all right i know we've gone long i know we've gone really long in this segment but i'll I'll just ask this but there are no meaningful Uh, moments so we'll we'll
3: just we'll go to the next one i cut you
1: off uh coming up we're going to break down more of indiana's loss ruckers opponent we'll point out some meaningful moments and then go inside the numbers you're listening to assembly call stick with us
2: okay it's time to commit
1: Hi, this is A.J. Moye. What's the only thing better than upsetting Duke in the Sweet 16? Celebrating it with friends afterwards. Join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach for the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Welcome back. You're listening to the assembly call IU postgame show. I'm the host, uh, Coach Tonsoni. Here with the whole crew, Jared Morris, Ryan Phillips, and Andy Bottoms, we're breaking down Indiana's loss to Rutgers by the score of 66-57, to and it's now time uh, for some meaningful moments uh, that you might have missed. Meaningful moments that you might have missed. This segment is brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Ticket Project, where they help individuals and families experience Indiana University athletic events in person for the very first time through the generosity of alumni and and fans. To learn more about how you can donate money or extra tickets to help create meaningful moments for other IU fans, visit HoosierTicketProject.org. That's HoosierTicketProject.org. Um Man, I I don't know if I wrote down uh, a whole lot of uh, meaningful moments uh in this one. Uh I'm going to send it to you Andy cuz I believe you do have one. Uh
4: I didn't I did not write that one in there, but I I'll, I'll give a couple. Oh. I thought um I did, I wasn't sure where that one was from, but uh I, you know, I, a couple it was a stretch in the first half. I thought Mbako got off to a rough start but showed some resiliency uh early in the game. You know, he had uh, missed that open three we talked about. Turned the ball over a couple times. Had a shot blocked, uh, but then you know he he makes a three. Uh, Galloway gets a layup that I believe was off a, a steal from Mbako, who kicked it ahead to him for the dunk. I just thought he he was able to play through some things uh, this game. I, I thought defensively at times showed some effort. I thought some of the foul calls he got early on, um, you know, just being overly aggressive, but he's still really struggling on that end i think he's trying uh which probably at this point in the game should not or at this point of the season should probably not be something that 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 we're highlighting as a positive um but i did think he showed some resiliency in the game and he missed shots he missed some open shots airballed some open shots quite honestly uh on one possession of the second half but he comes up back and makes another uh the very next possession so I, you know, I think there's some decision-making things. He still really struggles to move his feet defensively. The communication piece in terms of switching, he gets lost on that end. Um, but I thought he was aggressive in rebounding, and rebounding, and I think there's some little plays in the game where you're s- still seeing growth from him. Um, there's a lot more I think they can get out of him, um, but he also has to get to a point where he's not making the same mistakes on defense over and over again. But I, I thought he showed some – I thought he got to play through some mistakes, and I thought he showed the ability to bounce back from those in, in some stretches tonight.
1: And, and, and Baco's an interesting guy. We need his offense. Like, he can just flat shoot the basketball. That That's a positive. And they're running some nice double stagger action to get him the ball on a catch and shoot, uh, which we've been clamoring for. So that's some good good signs going forward that Indiana can, you know, shoot the three off of a pass, not just a kick out uh, or off of some action. So I like that little staggered double uh, that that they run there. And he's just got to knock it down. His, his issue it with um playing time is going to be defense uh, because he struggles defensively but we need we just need to see that he needs to find a way to to get some level of defensive understanding so that we can have Mbako out there getting back to that freshman of the year uh freshman of the week award type imbaco because you need scoring uh from this team and he's one that i think consistently can uh score the basketball uh jared did you you wanted to talk about the the Steel, the 25-25 steel, was that you who typed that in?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. It was meaningful when it happened. At the moment? It, yeah, I thought it was going to give a nice little boost at the end of the first half, but then we faltered at the end of the first half and gave up the three. The one thing I want to talk about, you know, I thought there was a little stretch there, maybe at like the you know four or five-minute mark in the second half, where we kind of picked up our intensity and we picked up full court and we're trapping and doing all of this stuff. You know, and on, on the one hand, I know sometimes people will say like, oh, you know, good for them for not quitting, which is ridiculous. Like you should not get extra credit for just playing hard and doing the things you should do. But I thought Bob Moats over in when we were doing the live watch had a really good point, which is, you know, why don't we try and do some of that more? Mix things up when the energy is low, you know, try to pick up full court, do some things from the sidelines to provide a little bit of a jolt when it's not coming from the team. Because we all know the best teams are player led. You know, last year's team was player led. Trace was the leader. Miller and Race Thompson were leaders. Jalen Hutchifino was a freshman, but he was a leader on the court with the ball in his hands. This team doesn't have that leadership, so it feels like it needs to come more from the bench. And so maybe mixing things up, switch defenses, you know, do some full court press, do some things to change things up. It feels like we get in these ruts for four or five minutes. We can't score the defense is a little lackadaisical fortunately ruckers couldn't make shots we're giving up rebounds and it's like it just kind of goes and everybody's waiting for someone else to do something well i think it's time for the coaches maybe to try to push more buttons and do something and just change the energy because sometimes with this team it feels like the energy goes in one bad direction and we have no one who can change it so you know i have no idea if that's the kind of change that could lead to wins or change anything but you see them at the end of the game kind of pick it up. There's a sense of urgency. Well, where was that the rest of the game? Maybe there's some ways that we can manufacture it. I mean, again, it's putting lipstick on a pig. It's not the kind of thing that you want to have to do for a good team. But this isn't a good team. This is a bad team that needs to I, find a way to be mediocre and scratch out wins. That's on the coaches, you know. So maybe I there's have, something you can do there. I, I have a question. I'm
3: sorry. I thought you were, you were finished, Jared. Um, I'm done. I actually do care about not cutting you off. I promise. Um, I, we're at this point. We're five games into the Big Ten season. Look, a little levity is needed. All right. Um, <laughs> five games into the Big Ten season. What do we like about this team? What do we like about them? They can't play defense uh, consistently.
0: The offense. I love t- Malik Renew's skill. That's Well, I, if we're gonna go
3: to individual team. players, I think I think you know seeing Khalil Ware dominate you know, with 17 rebounds and things like that. that's been fun to see him develop, but he's got his flaws with, you know, going against physicality, which we kind of expected would happen. I like watching Malik Renu plays, play his tail off. Um, I don't think he ever gives up, but I mean, as a team, what do we like, you know, can we lean on defense? No. Is the, can we outscore teams? Not really. No. I like, do they constantly have like focused hustle? No. Um, are they diving on the floor a lot and knocking people over to get, you know, are they trying to kill themselves to get every loose ball? No. What is there to like? And, and, and I'm not saying they can't get to somewhere. I'm just saying right now as we sit here, what do we enjoy watching this team do?
0: The silence speaks of all I think, things. Yeah.
4: It, well, I think, I think it speaks to – a little bit of something that Jared said before of, of just the identity of what it is, is a, you know, what, what this is as a program right now versus what Rutgers is, right? Like you kind of knew course. what the game was going to be like tonight, no matter how bad Rutgers had been, you had a pretty good idea what to expect. They're going to pack it in. They're going to try to play defensively. They're going to try to outscrap you and push and, and, around. and force you to enforce you to make mistakes. And and I think I use identity over these past couple of seasons has been so post-centric it has continued to be that this year. And and so the ways in which IU can play well and win basketball games are very limited. And I think that ultimately leads to – and I think that speaks to there's not a lot of stuff you can like because if there was a lot of stuff that you liked, you're like, oh, you can beat these beat teams in different ways. Well, that's not what this team can do uh, at this point. Um, and I would argue that even tonight, your post players were still your, your top scorers but fell back into inability to shoot the ball. I mean, most of the threes that were missed tonight were absolutely wide open. And yeah. and I
0: think that some of that... Six of
4: them just, didn't hit the rim. Six yeah. didn't hit the rim.
3: Air ball or backboard.
0: Yeah. And again, you could chalk that up to, hey, you know, it's a make or miss game. Some nights you have bad shots, but then when you combine that with the turnovers and the missed free throws, it's more than just missing shots no, and mental. how badly they missed. Yeah. I will tell you this, Ryan... One of the things that I'm really starting to dislike about this team is just some of the things that don't make sense and where we turn a potential strength into a weakness. Example, we are 19th in the country in free throw rate. So we get to the line. That is a real strength. We are 306th in the country in making free throws. So even that one thing we do well, it's got a bad part attached to it. We are long. We are tall. We are the fifth tallest team in the country. We are 222nd or worse in both rebounding stats, defensive and offensive rebounds. So it's like there's all these things that just aren't coherent. You know, if you're tall, you should rebound. If you're going to get to the free throw line, you should make free throws. So it's like for every good thing we do, there's like a negative associated with it that is very self-defeating. And that, to me, is just the sign of a program that doesn't have a whole lot of coherence, that has kind of seemed to go from one – Off season to the next kind of taking what players are available instead of building the program you want you know and you can explain these things away when you've made the tournament two years in a row but now staring at the precipice of potentially missing it and being in the 90s and Ken Palm and just being terrible you start to look at those things a little bit more and say what's the plan here
3: yeah no I I think Jared you make a great point and we said all offseason, we have no idea what this team is going to be. We have no idea what they're like. We have no idea what they'll do. We have no idea how they're going to play. We're in January 9th, and we still don't know. Like, what, what is this team's strength? What do they hang their hat on? What are they going to look like next time they come out? I mean, at Minnesota, they could win that by 12, and I wouldn't be surprised. You know, and and, and the lack of consistency you know, Winning that game isn't going to be like, oh, great, we're back on track, because you're just seeing the inconsistency, and inconsistency is what kills a program. It absolutely kills a program. If there is nothing you can rely on consist- consistently, you are screwed at, in the long term. You might roll off six wins, but you're not going anywhere when it matters. So, so who wants new so... stats? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I do. I do want to do stats. Um, The question comes, then you turn around Friday night, and and whether you play well or not, you get a win against Minnesota. Does that change the narrative, or is this an up-and-down season that, you know, we feel better after the Ohio State loss? We feel bad about Nebraska, then good about Ohio State, then bad again, or... You know, what what I'm looking at is is the foundation, I think, is cracking, regardless of whether we win or lose. That, That is concerning, and I hope that it gets repaired and fixed and we can put a string of good basketball together. I think there is the potential to do that, but we are through, what, 17 games, 16 games already. We're halfway through the season. The time is running out to fix those foundational things. Uh, and, and play basketball regardless of scheme, regardless of uh, Coach Woodson or the players that we have, everyone can collectively do a little bit better even in the wins. And I, I, I think that's what I would like to convey to some of our listeners You know, who, who may feel like we come on here after a loss and we just kind of jump up and down. It's, it's the foundational play, even in a lot of wins, this has not been a team that has played with, with high efficiencies. And to the credit of the team and the guys and the coaching staff, um, they found ways to win games when they haven't played well. But I think it's an honest evaluation that short of a game or two, Indiana has not played a, a great brand of basketball. And that's where all of us who, who just care so deeply about Indiana University, that's where we're coming from. Uh, it, it is – you know, winning on the road the Big Ten, Purdue's down. It's tough. But there, there there are those underlying things that we see because and a lot of you see it uh, as well. And I think that's what the frustration is in the chat, and that's what the frustration is with a lot of people. Those of you who don't see it, kudos. Man, your blood pressure is a lot better than ours is right now. Um, and, and you'll enjoy but you might Friday's need to get your eyes
0: checked. So <laughs> well,
1: I, I'm trying to be the I'm trying to be a calm presence for a change. How you know, easily that? Doing- I'm usually the asshole who makes everyone mad in the chat mob because I say something.
3: And so, since- oddly, guys, I got, I got to confide That's- during my rants after losses, I have this pain in my upper left shoulder. And then I'm fine. My blood pressure's fine after that. So I should probably get that checked out.
1: Yeah, be careful. It's not so fun to go through.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you know, it's you know, time for I mean, stats. I mean, coach, yeah. You know, and, and to your point, like, I think, you know, people, it's probably a good time for a little bit of a reality check. Yes. You know, I think part of the struggle and we've talked about this a lot and folks in the community know like you know we put a discussion out there and we appreciate all the support or all all of the uh, feedback you know because our big question is man you know like are we celebrating the wins enough even though you know the metrics are bad and we're not playing well it's been a weird season in that the performance on a per possession basis has been bad i mean this is as bad as indiana's been analytically since we've been doing the show the results just haven't caught up to it yet because indiana was finding a way finding ways to win games now the results are catching up to it, you know, losing to Nebraska, losing this game, and even Brennan did his bubble watch today. Guys, Indiana wasn't even mentioned, not even mentioned. It shouldn't be. Shouldn't. And, you know, we were just doing this live watch, and Scott's like, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come home and get an easy win over Minnesota. Guys, Minnesota might be favored in that game, and it's at home. I mean, I think we're favored by one or two right now, Like we are the team that people are looking at and saying, hey, maybe we can get a road win there. So this is just where we're at. It doesn't mean that the team can't bounce back and get better, but it's you know, it usually in January 9th, it doesn't feel like your back is quite as up against the wall as it is for this team right now. But unless you're just unless we're willing to completely abandon all standards and just say, okay. Let's just take this team where they're at right now and just look for improvement on a game to game basis. If we're trying to maintain some kind of standard of this is Indiana, we should make the tournament and it's unacceptable if we don't. Well, we are, this team is very, very far below that standard right now. Well, and I would, e-
4: even if you took that other approach that you mentioned, I, I just think you're not, you're not seeing now game to game. You might see something improve, but you're not seeing something sustainable improve. And I think that speaks to the foundational stuff that coach talked about, right? Like, you could come out and play better. I mean, there was things that were better tonight. I mean, defensively, I mean, hell, you only gave up, you know, .92 points per possession. Now that's to a team that doesn't score very well. And a lot of that, you know, came late when I was fouling a ton. It was much lower than that, you know, prior to that point. But I don't know that anybody really thinks that what they did in this game was sustainable because some of the same things that have plagued them in other games uh, were there. And and at a certain point, you can't paper over – the, the the rebounding issues that that plagued them against ohio state those crept up again again tonight and sure we the easy thing to do is point to their free throw shooting which was abysmal and say that if you make some of those but you also got outscored this is a great transition to stats right you also got outscored 12 to 1 on second chance points again you, you got outscored on points points off turnovers like but that's who this team is to your point so it doesn't mean that there won't be results that pop up here and there that are good. Like they were against Ohio state and you know, but I think in the back of everybody's mind, it's always like, well, there's always the next game and this team hasn't shown the consistency to really build over the course of the season. Um, and I think that's what everybody banked on. How many times in the offseason do we talk about who this team is in, in, in November is not who they're going to be in February. Well, they should be on a trajectory right now to show how they're going to get get to the 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 potential of this team, and it just isn't there, or it isn't making strides enough to make you feel like they're going to get there. The season isn't going to last till June. You've got to be improving at a at a higher rate than what we've seen thus far, and you're halfway through the season. The numbers are what they are. The no, you know, sorry, Tom Izzo, uh, but the numbers tell you who this team is and that's what they've shown to be
1: now, lay off my guy izzo he was talking about character of players the stats don't necessarily tell you the character of the players i think that's how i interpreted that really i right. mean
0: that part is true but
1: right that that so, people evaluate the best player based on their stats and not on their heart and other things i think that's that's
4: where he was going um, but he probably so doesn't what numbers like do, I'll, either. I'll I'll, I'll but, give you that maybe he was doing that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not so sure. those numbers that Andy just said uh, are brought to you uh, by our friends at Jackson Hewitt Tax Services. If you live in Bloomington or the surrounding area and you want your taxes done right, contact our friend and Chat Mob Hall of Famer Megan Mahaffey and her team in Bloomington, Bedford, and Martinsville by calling 812 339 3334 or by visiting jacksonhewitt.com uh anyone else want to add andy already
0: jumped the shark and got into the stats um jared yeah I have, I have just one number that i just think is interesting on a few levels uh we had two guys that were positive and plus minus minus. one was mckenzie and bako the other was xavier johnson and again i don't i don't use that number to be that illustrative because we know how noisy it is i just think there's a certain irony to it a very disappointing irony that Xavier Johnson is one of your only guys who was positive, and he was a complete disaster all night long.
3: Yeah, imagine if he'd been
0: average. I know. And uh, even been able to finish the game. I, I'm really, I'm going to hop off here before the last segment. I just want to say, lingering question. The biggest lingering question with this program right now is what happens to Xavier Johnson? And, Ryan, I am so with you that there needs to be some kind of discipline. If this was Trey Galloway and it was his first time, and you're like, wow, that was a really out-of-character move by Trey. Okay, maybe you got frustrated in the moment. All the same things, that all the same excuses we've made for X time and time again. There yep. can be no more excuses. There has to be significant action. And I'm with you. I think if he plays against Minnesota, but definitely if he starts, I think if he plays against Minnesota, I think it's a mistake.
3: I would agree. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, you said it perfectly. I I would agree. You're right. He's had second chances in this program. He's done things that should have gotten a bench before probably in hindsight. And I mean, just even little things like yelling it. He cost Indiana in a key spot because he was talking trash to the other team's bench, you know, right in front of an official, you know, when he's your veteran point guard last year, I, I will never forget that. I was like, what are you doing, man? You just made a three. Like, walk back on defense. Show him there. Um, And it's just – it's been a repeated thing. And, you know, he has off-the-court trouble as well. And, you know, somebody who does that off the court needs to fly completely straight. And he hasn't. Not saying kick him out of the program.
0: Not saying don't give him support. All that stuff. But there have to be – he's not learning any lessons, clearly.
3: No. No. And was he – he was one of the curfew guys too, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. So I, I don't know how many chances you give a guy before you severely punish him. I, I, I really don't. And this was, and, and here's the thing, this wasn't just like something where you, you know, you broke a small, te- you broke a, a, a team rule that isn't always enforced or something like that. This was unsportsmanlike. Like, and, and Indiana prides itself on that. Prides itself on that that you know we might be bad but we're going to try and play the right way and we're going to do things the right way and we're going to you know shake our opponent's hands at the end of games even if we don't like them and all of that stuff that was that makes the program look bad miss skipping curfew makes you look bad you know speeding on the highway makes you look bad this makes the program look bad and so i he did that with the jersey on and so it makes the program look bad so i i absolutely am down with suspending him uh, or at least some kind of punishment. Maybe, you know, he sits a half or I I don't care, but something, he has to feel consequences for this. Um, and getting to not play the second half at Rutgers is not enough of a consequence.
1: Only other number that I'd like to bring up is 17 rebounds, uh, by Khalil. It is the number number (laughs) segment. Uh, uh, that's just an incredible number. I, I thought he struggled again with the physicality. We talked about that really? uh, Ohio State. I think he plays hard. He doesn't play physical, and that's just something a young man has to develop into. But, boy, it, it, is, it is fun going to the box score, even on a game like tonight and seeing a double-double from that young man, knowing where he was and that the Oregon staff gave up on him. If we're going to, again, try to find some positives out of this uh, turd of a game tonight, it is uh, 17 rebounds and Khalil, Khalil Ware, 13 rebounds, even in his non-perfect performance tonight. That young man is showing up. Uh, he fought an illness. I thought the first two games back, you saw remnants of that illness and, and conditioning might have caused some of the things. But it's not it's not a want-to thing, I don't think, for Khalil when he messes up. I just think right now it's a strength and, and physicality inside, and he tries to avoid the shot block sometimes instead of going through people. That's something that can be coached out of that young man. But that's that's a performance. I was kind of shocked when I opened up the box score towards the end of the game to see those kinds of numbers. And I think in our numbers segment, uh, it would be nice just to end on, on that was a yeah. – um, Uh, Something that really we need to continue and has been there for most of the game. So, uh,
0: you know, congratulations to that young man man. for how he's playing. Because he only had six rebounds against Ohio State. And we talked about Big Ten teams are going to start, you know, physical with him. And Rutgers was. If you told me before the game he was going to have 13 points and 17 boards, I would say we're winning. Yeah. Right. Against their bigs. No, he did his job.
3: I've said that, you know, he he and I I don't mean this is a knock on him. It has to do with his size, his lack of strength that has yet to develop. You know, it's not his fault. It takes a lot to put on weight with his body type. Um, But he is kind of soft in his movements and things like that. I don't mean his attitude. I mean, just he can get moved around. Um, And I think that doesn't show up as much defensively. And on the rebounding, it doesn't show up. offensively. It's hard for him to do much against strong opponents. It's hard for him to get position. You see him fading back and, and falling away. You saw TJ do that as a sophomore a lot too. He'd spin to the middle and lean back and shoot. And when he'd do that, he would miss. When he would go up strong, he'd make it. And I, I think where is going to get to a point, maybe not this season, but some point he's going to get to the point where he realizes when he turns in, he has enough talent and enough ability to go at guys as opposed to needing to, you know, lean back and just get the shot off or try and go around him or whatever. He's going to, he'll, he'll learn to go through them. I don't know if it's going to be this year, though, um, because he's just got a long way to go with building his body.
4: Yeah. Coach, and he hits it. Yeah. Go ahead, Andy. I, I was curious to get your thoughts on something. I, I felt like this was true more at the beginning of the game, maybe, maybe less as the game went on. But a lot of times when IU plays, he and Renew together, if one of them is playing out a little bit more, it tends to be Renew. I, I'm, Curious what your thought is about flip-flopping that a little bit. I don't think Khalil is as good a passer as Malik is, and maybe that's why you're putting him in some of those you know more high-post scenarios. But it feels like getting where the ball with his back to the basket is just not what – that's not where he's most comfortable. I agree. Uh, if you yeah. have him make an entry pass and then dive, you've seen some of those lobs and different things like that. That's where he and Malik work really well together is in those scenarios. So just was curious to get your thoughts if you thought inverting them – from what they've been doing makes some sense or or maybe how you would try yeah. to utilize what he does well and maybe minimize some of the things he still struggles with right now
1: well Andy, you know i'm biased i think consider you to be a great friend and i think you're the you know kurt signetti of uh, youth sports coaching in cincinnati because you just were absolutely a hundred percent correct uh on that uh situation i would flip-flop um again i'm not in there and and, and i know we put that out there all the time but he hits a three down the stretch to bring indiana to six Uh, and and so a lot of this stuff is putting these young men into situations where they can really succeed and after 16 games he struggles with size posting up Uh, he's a rim runner a dunker you still want to do those things and you can still go inside to him in those situations but a pick and pop, um, run him up to like act like he's getting a screen, and the big starts to hedge a little bit against hedging teams and then slip him out to the three. Uh, I think he has that skill. I think he could catch at the elbow and spin and drive. And then, um, you know, everyone didn't shoot free throws tonight, but get to the lane That's a uh, or the free throw line. So – and, and Renew is just really good, too. Talk about positive. When he goes inside, even sometimes when I don't want him to go through two or three people, he had a baseline drive tonight. That was incredible. I, there was no room. I'm telling him, don't go there. Don't go there. Then he picks up his dribble, and he's underneath the basket with two big guys, and somehow he weasels his way through and scores. So Renew's got an incredible talent around the basket, as well as can hit some threes. But you can have Renew out when you're running some rim-run dunk plays. You don't have to post your seven two guy. I I, I I really don't understand that and, and want to try to stay positive and instead of being negative about that choice, be positive about what skills Khalil Ware has. He's got a face up game. Utilize it. 15 feet, three point line, rim run. Use the young man and don't put him in position where it looks awkward when he's trying to score against Amarui and some of these other bigs that just are more physical than he is right now. And maybe there's a time. So, again, um, you know, maybe Andy, you need to go to Bloomington and you know try to weasel your way into practice. I think you're spot on there, my friend.
0: <laughs> and where's shooting thirty six point eight percent from three? Renew forty four point four. And I know it's small sample. You know, it's a small sample. But we've been dying for bigs who can shoot. Now we have them. So maybe use it a little more.
3: It's it's an interesting suggestion, Jared. I'm sure it'll be be taken (laughs) under advisement.
1: (laughs) Coming up on Assembly Call, we're going to hand out our game balls and our Hoosier Hustle Award, discuss any lingering questions, or, yeah, probably just one, and look ahead to Indiana's upcoming opponent, uh, Minnesota. That's all next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us.
3: Nick I never miss an open three, and I never miss an episode of The Assembly Call.
1: You're listening to The Assembly Call IU postgame show. I'm the coach, Brian Tonsoni, here with Jared Morris, Ryan Phillips, and Andy Bottoms. We're breaking down Indiana's uh, 66-57 loss to Rutgers. It's now time uh, for us to give out our game balls, and they're presented by our friends Allie and James at Bloom Environmental. As we enter uh, the colder months and begin to stay indoors a bit more, they want to make sure that everyone knows about radon, a colorless, odorless, radioactive gas that is the leading cause of lung cancer in non-smokers. It enters buildings through cracks and gaps in the foundation and through uh, service pipes of homes. According to the EPA, Monroe County and other surrounding counties throughout Indiana are expected to have elevated levels of radon above the action level recommended for mitigation. Contact Bloom Environmental today and mention assembly call for a free radon test kit and mitigation estimate. Learn more at www.bloomenviro.com. That's bloomenviro.com. And a real quick story about Allie and James. They joined me in a fantasy golf league, and we had to draft the other day. And Allie just drafted golfers that she really liked. And I am predicting that Allie will come out on top in August at the BMW – but James yeah. is in there too, husband wife competing, my son and uh, some teacher friends. We got 8 of us together who are who love uh, watching golf. Um but uh, yeah, Allie is is a fantastic uh, and James too. I don't mean to leave you out, but uh if you if you need them, contact Bloom Environmental. They're just outstanding people all the way around. All
0: right, fellas, game. And ball if they don't here. answer your call real quick, they're just they're studying up for their fantasy golf, trying to figure out which, which golfers yeah. to start, you know, checking the waivers. Give them a break, guys. So just, Come yeah, on. If, you want, if
1: if you want a discount, talk Tony Finow with uh with Allie. <laughs> yeah. Like she yeah. even named her team uh, Jalen Hood Shafinao uh for uh for (laughs) her team so yeah she might give you a discount if you mention Tony Finau or just get her talking about uh Tony Finau um but anyway game balls Jared we'll go to you um
0: who gets your game ball it's got to be Khalil Ware um again I think there were some performances by the young guys that were laudable in this game and I think it starts with him and Malik they weren't perfect they can be better but they were good enough to go on the road and beat Rutgers And I'm proud of those guys for doing that because that's young guys in a tough environment against a tough team, probably the toughest matchup they've had. Rutgers has the best interior defense of any team Indiana has played. And those guys found a way to produce. And, you know, at the end of the day, that's what this game was about. It was never going to be pretty. There was, you know, there weren't going to be, you know, a whole lot of like, you know, really fun offensive possessions. It was going to be tough, gritty and just find a way to score more points than the other team did. And I thought Khalil, especially, you know, did everything that you could reasonably ask him to do. Yes, you want him to be stronger. You want him to make some more of those shots, all that stuff. He wasn't perfect. But I'm proud of the way that he bounced back from a couple of rough outings and showed that you're not just going to come punk him. And man, when Khalil Ware is, you know, that guy who's doing that, kudos to him. But it'd be, you know, we need to see the other guys step up and be able to do it too. But another game ball for Khalil. Well deserved. Um, And I'm going to, I got to run. So, I will just say, I mean, I agree with everything that you guys are saying. We'll be back Thursday for our 1,000th show. So great to be doing it, you know, on such a high. Hey, we're going to have fun with that
3: show <laughs> yeah. no yeah. matter what. So, let's just we not are. talk about basketball. We may not let's talk just, let's basketball. Let's talk about our
0: lives or something. It's 1,000 yeah. shows. And then we'll be back Friday. Uh, for the I'm game. drinking, so by the way. So, we got to flush I- this one. Hopefully, they come back ready to go. You know, it doesn't... It doesn't feel like it right now, but there's the season is still there to go achieve their goals and turn things around. It seems less and less likely by the game, but that is obviously one they have to win. Um, so hopefully they're able to go find a way to do it. But enjoy the rest of the show, fellas. And will See you, Jared. Soon. Ryan, who gets your game ball?
3: It's Khalil Ware. We can move on. I mean, we've, we've talked about it. He's, he's,
1: Andy, who gets your game ball? Make it three. <laughs> All right. Khal- Khalil Ware uh, with the game ball. Um, the only other one, maybe Renew, uh, I think uh, could have been in discussion uh, for that. Uh, yeah, because
4: I, I thought of him just because he had the seven assists as well as six rebounds. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would have liked to see him score a little bit more. I thought there were still times just pursuing the basketball from a rebounding perspective was a – you know, has been a challenge for him. It feels like at times, but yeah, he was he was the other yeah. guy that I considered. Just you got to
1: honor, that. you got to honor those numbers, as you said. Even though there were some times where we could have scored more, and he looked a little, um, you know, pushed around in the post. Yeah. Uh, Seventeen rebounds. You got to honor uh, that kind of effort uh, from from the the young man. That's his eighth game of ball. Malik is in second with five. Uh, Galloway, Banks, Mbaco, Cups, and Walker all have one. And now.
4: Hi, this is Anthony Leal, and it's time for the Hoosier Hustle Award. But first, I have some exciting news to share about our friends at Evansville Security Services. They've been acquired. They are now part of the team at Security Pro 24-7, which provides trusted and reliable security for your event or business, from Bloomington, my hometown, to Evansville, where Coach Calvert Chaney grew up, and everything in between. Just like hustle can't be measured by stats, prevention can't be measured either. But it has a huge impact on your bottom line and peace of mind. So let the security pros at Security Pro 24-7 help you prevent a bad outcome today. Visit SecurityPro247.com to learn more. That's SecurityPro247.com.
2: And tell them Anthony Leo sang it.
1: Thanks, Anthony. Uh, Andy, we'll come to you first. Um, who gets your Hoosier Hustle Award on a tough night for awards, but we're going to give them anyway.
4: Yeah, I I struggle a little bit with this one. I think it's always the case when some of the games go uh, this way. I think the the candidates in my mind would be Malik, maybe just because we didn't give him the other one, uh, Mackenzie Mbako or CJ Gunn. Uh, those feel like the options. Um, I, I, I'm going to go with CJ. I think uh, I, I thought you know he ends up with three fouls, ha- did have two steals. Really thought one of the fouls i actually found myself agreeing with steven barda which was a month i mean i mean in a game like this it's been a tough night if that's happened. yeah yeah it wasn't the top of the list of things that were most alarming but it was close um but you know the one he's just you know the guy throws his head back and gets a foul called he's in great defensive position sliding his feet arms out not you, you know i just thought that was great defense i thought he put some put some pressure on the ball um You know, would have loved to see him knock down a couple of the other shots that he took. You know, the first one, you know, he came in, hit one right away. I think everybody held, you know, kind of held their breath of like, okay, is he really building on this Ohio State game? Didn't make another three, though, until the end of the game. But uh, I I thought he played hard and got thrust into a a larger role with X going out and and responded. Uh, So I'll go with I'll go with him. But uh, I I could probably be persuaded other ways. But I thought there was at least a few guys as as potential options. But no, no clear cut choice.
1: Ryan who who you going with
3: I was going to go with CJ too I thought that um he had a lot of energy when other guys were kind of in lulls because you know when things go bad on the court it's easy to slump your shoulders and get frustrated and I thought pretty much every defensive possession he was in a stance and he was getting right up on guys and challenging them and this also this award's supposed to you know not just be the second game ball but it's supposed to award you know, hustle. And I, I thought Malik played really hard and really tried to carry us. But I think CJ specifically, if you're just looking at hustle and energy, he had it tonight throughout the entire thing.
4: And i tell you I what, remember- one other thing that, that, that I will mention, because just in case coach doesn't pick CJ as well, Um, you know, I thought from him, a young guy whose role has, has fluctuated, you know, Galloway almost airballs that free throw first guy up to him, kind of hugging him, trying to pump him back up with CJ gun. Yep. This team needs that. This team hangs its head. It needs somebody who's going to try to pick somebody up and and be a good teammate uh, in that scenario. And on a night when one of your teammates basically bailed out, uh, pulled the ripcord, and and got themselves out of the game, uh, I thought Gun was the opposite of that. So just wanted to give him kudos for that as well. I think easy for him to, you know, be selfish in some of these situations. and Be like, hey, I'm finally getting to play, but was really looking out for other guys. I thought I thought that was good.
1: I'm going to make it unanimous uh, with C.J. Gunn for a lot of the reasons that you guys mentioned. I thought his body language during the play, I didn't see much in the timeout, but his body language on the court, even when Indiana was down double digits with six, seven minutes to go, he goes flying, gets a deflection, the ball goes out of bounds. It was still Rutgers' ball, but he flies into the bench. Uh, Those are the things, as as Ryan said, it's not just always the stats or the second-game ball. Uh, I also noticed uh, him talking to Trey Galloway. That follows the game at Ohio State where he was telling people to put some pressure up late, and he was uh, really communicating, which is really hard for a young man who hasn't had a lot of run and wants to get in there, probably is a little down uh, in his first major minutes to still talk about strategy and understanding the game. You have to, you know, in the Ohio State game, you have to make sure they use some clock uh, coming down the court. And then tonight he is trying to help a teammate. Those are things that will help inside that locker room if it is disconnected. So I just thought uh, with his two steals, I thought he was aggressive shooting the basketball. We all wanted to go in a lot more. He did hit two. He airballed one. But his first shot told me a lot about his mental approach and the mental hustle that he brought. He just, I, I think it was against the zone, or at least it was a sagging man-to-man he got to kick out. He was really ready from the jump, uh, I thought, tonight. And and that's what I said. If he can play consistently, which the word consistent is the biggest issue with this program right now, that is a body uh, that Indiana can use going forward uh, to to try to right the ship and and put a few of these wins together. So – uh, Cup still leads the Hoosier Hustle season total with four, but now we have three players, Walker, Mbako, and Gunn with three, Xavier with one, Galloway with one, Ware with one, and Sparks with one are the totals for this season. Uh, and now it's time um, for a lingering question. And for me, I'm just going to say, and we can get through this real quick, consistency. You win a game at home, you lose bad and play bad at, at Nebraska, you win a game at where you played okay and found a way to put people uh, away in the last 15 minutes, and then the mental approach uh, was just not there again today. What's going to happen when Minnesota shows up? Purdue, uh, after the Minnesota game, the schedule gets brutal, and you're going to have to be really on your game. So, fellas, the lingering question to me is when or if this team can find some consistent consistency in its approach from game to game. Uh, Ryan, we'll start with you.
3: I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't, I don't think I have a feeling this team is going to be inconsistent for the rest of the season. I just do. I just don't think they're ever going to settle into something. It doesn't feel like a connected group. Um, and, and I think it's, it's a weird combination of guys who were recruited, transferred in left over from the last team. And you just kind of it's like wadding up different color Play-Doh and just like smashing it together and expecting it to be the same color. You know, it, it's that, that it may not work. It takes years to build chemistry sometimes and or it should take, you know, half a season, but sometimes it does take longer. Um, you know, I think when you recruit guys, they tend to have some chemistry coming in together uh, when you have long recruitments because guys are in touch with each other and, you know, hang out with each other, encourage each other. Um, when you bring transfer guys in, they have to start over from, from square one. They might know a coach, but they usually don't know the other players. And you've got guys who are returning that have to facilitate those things and welcoming people. And we've talked about the leadership on this team, and we're just puzzled by it. You know, at the coaching level and at the player level, we're just puzzled by it because you see things that the all, the things that the leadership are supposed to do, connect the team, prevent the same mistakes over and over and over again, uh, step up in crunch time, be a go-to when the team's down and needs a bucket, be the guy that can go get that or at least facilitate it, you know take the ball, put get it in your hands in a tough position, and run a play you know will get a bucket, things like that. You just don't see it with this team. And um, a lack of leadership will kill a team no matter how talented it is. And, and I think we're seeing that. And it's, and I keep saying it. I'm not just putting that on the play. A lack of leadership at all levels is has shown to be completely here. So I would not be shocked if this team is just an enigma the whole season, has some – I Pulls off like two big upset wins, but also loses to Rutgers, you know, in Nebraska. Mm. Like I, I would not be surprised if that's the case.
1: Andy, we're at the halfway point. Consistency has been brought up on this show. Um, you know, uh, when do we find it? Uh, what do you? You know, you guys will be on the show Thursday night, maybe talking about Minnesota a little more than we're going to do. So, do they? Can they? Can they bounce back again and play well at home? Just general thoughts about consistent play from our Indiana Hoosiers.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I would look for them to to bounce back on Friday. Feels like a a game they really can't afford. I mean, can't afford to lose too many more at this point. But it's certainly one that it feels like they should should win. And I, I think it's just a team that is is searching for that consistency both from game to game, but even within games. I mean, there are stretches in this game where the team played well offensively tonight. Um, those were followed by stretches where they really struggle, you know, really struggled and couldn't put the ball in the basket at all, couldn't even get shots off because they were turning it over. I thought there were stretches where they played well defensively uh, during the game where uh, Rutgers took some bad shots, but, but even during stretches, I, you would rebound the ball. Well, but they just, you know, they've got to find a way to, to make the, you know, to lessen the, the, the length of the bad times. You're not going to play a perfect game. Nobody's expecting that. Nobody thinks they're, they're going to get there, but they've got to find ways to, to bounce back quicker within games. And, and even from game to game, to try to figure out how to drive some consistency. But I think part of that, you know, to, to go back to the lineup piece, I think that's a big part of it, of knowing what your plan is at any given point, who, who's on the court that you can rely on. What guys can you rely on from game to game, from play to play last year, you had that in TJD, you had that, you know, Hood was up and down a little bit, but by and large, you knew what you were going to get from him. Miller cop, you knew what you were going to get. Wasn't necessarily going to be, Spectacular, but he was reliable. This team has to figure out who the reliable guys are from game to game, and it has to be more than a couple. Um, because at this point, I think you have a pretty good idea what you're going to get from Malik Renew and Khalil Ware game to game. They got to find somebody they can rely on in the backcourt, and it doesn't matter who it is, it, it, it just has to be somebody they have to have more stability at that position. And you saw they had that in the Ohio State game, and they played well, played one of their best games of the season. You know, reliability at the guard position from ideally multiple. But at this point, I would settle for one player to me, unlock some of that consistency. Um, But, but, you know, that remains to be seen. And again, we're halfway through. Haven't seen that consistency from too many guys. And um, so got to figure that out.
1: So the next game is Friday at home against Minnesota. Uh, We're going to skip the preview. It's been a long night of basketball and talking basketball. But our next show is Thursday night. It's the 1,000th episode. Tune in. Uh, I will not be here. I I hate it, but I have a previous uh, engagement for our Bracketology group um, over at the Illinois-Michigan State game. So I'll be over there live. I doubt that I can pop on. The crowd noise and all that stuff will be a little bit – Probably too loud for that. I wish all of you guys to enjoy. It's probably a good show to have the OGs on, you know, Um, and just talk about the start and and reminisce about all of that. So I'll leave that to the the, the very – Certainly don't
4: intend to rehash this game, that's for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Also coming up is the 100th show uh, for our – uh, for Kathy and, and Coach uh, Marlowe doing the work. Uh, Sunday, January 31st at Purdue, tip at 12, show immediately after. Uh, Home Field Apparel giveaway for participating in the live uh, chat of the 100th show of doing the work. Our, our women's program uh, is really doing well, and so is our uh, – the, the podcast following the women's program. Just really good stuff, so tune in uh, for that. But you're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. Remember to check out our friends at Home Field Apparel. Use the promo code HOME23 at checkout to get 15% off your first order. Okay, guys, it's, it's time for last call. I'm going to just make a brief statement. Uh, there's time left, but it's getting very, very vital uh, to string together some consistent performances. Uh, the goal needs to be realigned. Right now it's to make the tournament or to be playing better, to make a run in the NCAA, in the Big Ten tournament uh, because that would make everything better if we can get a- enough wins to, to continue playing into March. But it's going to have to start with a big win on Friday, and then Purdue comes into town, and that's when everyone should be focused so disappointed in tonight, really worried about the program right now, to be honest, not very happy about it. But there's always an opportunity two or three days uh, to right the ship. You you win a couple in a row, and maybe everything uh, that has been a negative goes back um, uh, to a positive way. Uh, Ryan, last call.
3: Yeah. Um, if you want to know my thoughts on this game and our thoughts on this game, just just listen back. You know, I mean, we we've talked for an hour and 15 minutes about what was an awful basketball game and uh, I'm kind of done with it. What I will say is, um, despite the disappointing results and the disappointing program, once again, the people listening to this show are are awesome. I mean, you guys all show up after every game. We had hundreds of people listening live. I know a lot of you guys are going to listen tomorrow. Um, So what I'd say is, is, you know, this was a downer. Uh, It really was. We're sorry if you're driving in traffic having to listen to this I really apologize because it can't be making you happy but uh on Thursday night we're gonna have our thousandth show and um we're just gonna celebrate you know getting to do this I think I don't think there's gonna be a, a specific thing we're not gonna I don't think we're gonna talk much basketball um come and have fun with that one especially coming off of this I'm going to have alcohol. So I, you know, to celebrate. So I'm going to be drinking. You guys have never heard me on a show drinking because I've never done it before. So, uh, in person maybe, but not on the show. Uh, so let's just have fun and celebrate the fact that we love this program. Uh, even when they're bad and we love this show, even when we're bad, which happens quite often. Um, So, yeah, I just wanted to thank everybody for listening, despite a disappointing uh, outcome and uh, letting us get to do this. And we'll celebrate that on Thursday.
4: Andy, last call. Yeah, not not a whole lot else to say uh, about this one. Just disappointing, given the circumstances, disappointing how things played out. And um, this team, as coach said, there's there's time left to put it together. There's still good wins to be had. Uh, on the schedule, this team has has to figure out how to get things rolling in a positive direction for for more than just a game, and more than just a half, or more than just a few uh, a few possessions. And I think this is probably a team that, if they start to get some confidence, I think that could happen. Um, it's just a matter of of being able to fight through and get that. And and you know, the thing I look for the most from these next games is like you know, Ryan said, we just want to have a good time on Thursday. Like, I want to see these guys look like they're actually having fun playing basketball. Uh, I mean, right now it just looks like everything is a chore uh, and it felt like a chore to watch. Uh, so I guess maybe in, in that regard, that isn't surprising, but um, yeah, things are, are not good right now. There's a lot of things that need to be improved in order to get things with this team uh, where it needs to be. And uh, you know, we'll be here to try to, 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 to hope that those things happen. Um, but I think everybody who's, keeping this team at arm's length is uh, has every right to do so at this point And, and, and really in a show me mode of, all right, let's see if they can string some games together and and, and go from there. And this was a, a disappointing start to a, a key stretch uh, for this team in big 10 play. And, and so we'll see what they can do against Minnesota chance to bounce back a Minnesota team that's playing a lot better than what they have in recent years, but one that you need to be able to take care of at home. And, uh, hopefully that can serve as a springboard uh, going forward and, and trying to get guys confidence and uh, get things back on the right track. So hopefully they can, uh, they can bounce back. And I've said so many times over these 1,000 episodes, it's not just that they lost, it's kind of how they bounce back from it. So uh, we'll we'll see how they do that on Friday.
1: And that'll do it. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash assembly call. And don't forget to go to substack.assemblycall.com to join our free email newsletter. Special thanks to Bob Thompson for the music you hear on the show. Special thanks to John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logo. And thank you for listening. We'll be back to talk again on our Thousand show Thursday night.
3: Until then, take it from the green light himself. Keep your elbows in, eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers.
2: Got to talk, Coach Tonsoni is always right about basketball.
1: Hey, uh, our um, our intern Josh is in the in the chat again, and he's talking about he went nine of ten. Yeah, about Ryan versus Josh in a free throw shooting contest Friday, February second. Now, uh, now Ryan, I'm betting I'm betting my mortgage on you. This kid, this kid's coach, nice. He's good. He works hard. He helped me on an assembly uh, on assembly call show, uh, coach's corner. He knows what he's doing. He's an up and comer in the business, but he is no Ryan Phillips shooting the basketball. So I haven't I shot a
3: basketball I, for a year, coach. So maybe it, I'll get to does, work. No,
1: it don't matter. I, I, I have faith in you, and and we'll teach this young blood uh, a little bit about basketball. He was out there in assembly hall shooting the other night, embarrassing the family because he bricked a three-pointer I mean it wasn't even close um but um so he's in there talking I think that might be you know we could late night maybe find a gymnasium somewhere play a little hoop that would be after
3: a couple pops at Nick's we walk over and
1: that would be that would add to the the meetup I think Uh, yeah let's see there he is nine to ten in the empty gym there was no one in there he was by himself he didn't even know enough to record
3: it. junior I gotta go practice then man I got three weeks to practice (laughs) I legitimately haven't picked up a basketball in probably a year and a half Uh, they're redoing the basketball court at the gym I work out at and it's been going on for a long time so we'll see Maybe anyway, maybe thanks to that.
1: everyone. We had over a thousand guys at one point live uh, uh, after a game that was a struggle. We do appreciate you, and that number is significant because our show uh, on Thursday will be our thousands, so and we had a thousand people live. Thank you so much for that. It, it helps us, um, and um, we we appreciate each and every every one of you as I do, Andy and and Ryan, and uh, Andy. What are you laughing at? What? Uh, uh,
4: Josh's midnight free throw shooting competition. Ryan sees two hoops at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll still, for the middle you, one. Yeah. he'll still beat you, Josh. He'll still beat you. Well, your there's only two, Ryan. There is no middle one. You need to see a third before. No, no.
3: I, I would assume it would be one straight and one to the right, you know, and or just shoot between them. It'll be fine. It's, oh. uh, what are you going to do? Uh, by the way, I know I talk about being shot, doctor. Uh, my lowest percentage shooting in high school is we didn't shoot threes very often. My senior year was free throws. I shot higher from the field and from the three-point line than from the free throw line. My senior year, man, what a! I shot like sixty-six percent my senior year. Yeah, it was bad. My junior year, I shot like eighty-five. I don't know what happened. My mom, my mom kept only you could have been
4: your own shot doctor. I I know, uh, right? What a real, what a real conundrum that must have been for you to have to try to figure out how to how to do that. Fix, fix the perfect shot. I know.
1: (laughs) My mom kept a scrapbook of our articles of our games including it's the unwind. one that had like three paragraphs about how the senior captain missed the front end of a one and one up one against Plymouth only to have a line violation and get another chance and proceeded to miss it again. And only Who to was have that, Plymouth Coach? go down. That was me. And then Plymouth okay. hit the game winning shot and that is forever marked. And she didn't know she underlined my name. And so it's forever here in my scrapbook from some 40 years ago or whenever, how I totally choked away the game against the Plymouth pilgrims. Uh, by missing a a front end of the one and one twice, um, it was wow, it was a true. josh like a, it was a josh like post a performance for me. Um, you know, it just was. Uh, but oh, you know, we we all have those things.
4: All right, well, let's wrap it up.
1: <laughs> all right, all right, guys. Um, good night, Thanks everybody. Thanks for being here, everybody. We'll see you.